The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. do for the wide receivers around? Make it even more competitive. And then, I mean, it's like, you know, when we had Cooper in here, like, those are those are both, you know, Hall of Fame wide receivers. So it's like, yeah, just bring them in the room. We can learn something from them. But all he's going to be out here doing is helping the team. So, nah, it'd be awesome. To be honest. What did you think when you heard how real the Cowboys' interest was? I'm just excited. It's like, that just makes our room way more competitive, more fun. Um, he's a good person. Um, yeah. You guys are so quiet, OBJ's not. Are you excited Uh to have, like, that sort of personality in the locker room? I mean, you know, I think it worked real great for the Cowboys, you know what I'm saying? Just the way he is, how much he brings to the table. Um, So I don't think it'd be, you know, a crazy fit. Have you reached out to Adam Henry about him at all? I have not. I mean, you know, uh, he talks to us all the time still, but I haven't reached out to him about him yet. Personality, and do you think that he would make a lot of sense in this locker room? No, yeah, I mean I'm friends with OBJ. Uh, you know, he definitely would fit in this locker room. I don't know if there'd be guys that wouldn't fit in this locker room. We got a good, good group of guys, but he definitely would fit in. Uh, I mean, he's a competitor. Uh, he plays hard, and obviously very talented. And um, so I mean, shoot, we want him. We want OBJ. <laughs> Uh, I just been saying stuff and shit, we can use him. You know, I think he's a great player. Uh, he'll expand his offense. He'll do more. He he brings a lot of, you know, he's a guy that you want on the team. I mean, besides all the critic stuff that people make up shit about him, I think he's a great dude from my experiences with him. Every time I see him, and I mean, I think he can add real value to the team and help us do what we want to do. Welcome in to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Ladies, I've missed you so. It was a nice little bye week. And one of the bigger storylines during this bye week, and I know you guys talked about it a lot and extensively yesterday, was this courtship of OBJ. And a lot of times I'll have fans come to me anytime we hear names like Von Miller or Indomitian Sue or, I mean, go down the list, Sammy Watkins. The Cowboys typically in good faith do their due diligence, but I'll sort of get a pushback like, ah, we'll see where the money's at or I I don't know. And Patrick Walker and I always joke it's attach your name to the Cowboys season during free agency (laughs) because it helps drive up their market value. Mm -hmm. I will tell you this courtship is real. And here's why it's real. They were at least trying to upgrade the wide receiver room because as I was described to me by some of my sources, they wanted Brandon Cooks. The problem with Brandon Cooks, he's 29 years old. They wanted The Texans wanted multiple picks. A second, I don't Not think. to mention guaranteed money. With OBJ guys being a free agent mm-hmm. at 30, they like what they see from him. Obviously, he had that first touchdown in the Super Bowl against the Rams before he got hurt. They don't have to give up picks. They've just got to figure out how to move the money around. And I'm getting the sense that the Cowboys are very interested in it. Here's another layer to this. It's hard to say what his market value is right now because he's been rehabbing from not just one, but two ACL injuries to the same left knee. So no one's had him in the building yet. Nobody's been able to get their medical staff to sort of wrap their, get their hands on him and see what they can expect. And so 
then you couple that with Michael Irvin saying he thinks that they're the clubhouse leader. I reached out to Dez, who's good friends with them. The feeling feels strong. And then to hear the players talk about him, the, the reason why I put that long rip of sound in there is we have the advantage uh, as a podcast when we come on to be able to give you the locker room sound you haven't heard yet. There was a genuine excitement about it. And even, you know, it's not a knock on the wide receiver room, ladies, but we've talked about this this season. Who is a guy that really worries you if you're an opposing defense? It's literally been a wide receiver group by committee. I think CD's going to get there, but he sort of lacked consistency. Um, Michael Gallup even today said, and I loved his vulnerability, he said, you know, I'm still waiting to pop off. Mm -hmm. And I know that's going to happen for him. You know, I know one of your favorites is James Washington. He's right around the corner. Jalen Tolbert, Simi Fioco. But if they're out there picking up the phone about Brandon Cooks, and now I'm not getting the pushback that I typically get back on free agents, they are very invested in trying to upgrade that room. And and I'll start with you as I've done my long-winded opening here, Um, Aisha. Why wouldn't you go all in when you look at – it's a tough division – but when you look around the rest of the NFC, the NFC West is typically tough. The mm-hmm. NFC North is typically tough. I think the NFC East is 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 a tricky one this year. But the Cowboys don't have an AJ Brown. You know, um, they need that threat on the outside. I think that what that does is it allows you to open your offense up the way you had when you had an Amari Cooper there, and that's what you heard Michael Gallup talking about. And so my question to you, Aisha, is how important is it given this defense? Dak coming back, getting the run game going. How important is it that they try and f- get this figured out? Because the last time that they went out and got a big splash free agent was Morris Claiborne, the $50 mm. million dollar guy that didn't quite work. They gave up a lot for Amari Cooper. was a first-round pick, but it did pay off. It changed the trajectory of the offense. How much do they need to make this happen with OBJ? I just think that, like we talked about, it's it has the potential to put them over the top offensively. And one thing about OBJ that I love is the fact that he's he can be dominant the line, line of scrimmage, but he's very QB friendly to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that's going to fight back to the ball. If things aren't there, you know, Dak has escapability, stuff like that. He's going to come back and fight for the ball. Catch radius is insane, whatever. Um, we definitely have been, the Cowboys definitely have been lacking that over-the-top player, that vertical threat, and just his speed and the respect that he has. Because say what you want to say, you know, about him coming back from injury, he's another guy that you have to prepare for and what's happening with the Cowboys also is that you're getting nine eight nine you know boxes you know of them trying to stop the run you can't do that if OBJ is out there Mm -hmm. so um, I think it's just in turn going to I love that this locker room kind of understands that if this guy goes off it's going to open things up for this guy they're very selfless and so I think that's why I think he would fit right now and if you're going to go after after the NFC why not look around y'all like (laughs) it's so I'm telling you the bye week showed me that this a lot of teams don't have identities mm-hmm. and yep. I just I am grateful you know that they have a, an identity and kind of what they want to do yeah absolutely Adam figure out how to put him in this offense he's a veteran guy and see if he changes you know how this offense starts to score and then that opens up this defense to go and do what they want to do and rush the passer yeah I just think that OBJ is one of those players where like you can't teach it Yep. Yes, ma'am. You know what I mean? Like, you can't teach it. He's got all the skills of what you would want your top wide receiver to be, and then some. And he does it time and time again through injuries. It's been unfortunate just to see the way his journey has unfolded. Uh, and I just think about if he had been healthy all those years, yeah. the 
even more of an impact that he makes. I think it's even more telling when you've got a room full of offensive guys who, you know, football players can be cocky. They can be within themselves and think that they're the best. But the fact that you have, you know, three of the top guys on this team, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Michael Gallup, Michael Michael Parsons, Parsons, all talking about how much of an impact he would make, I think not only speaks volumes to the level of the player that Odell Beckham is, but it speaks volume to the way that this team is putting the team first and recognizing that right now as an offense, as a wide receiver group in particular, we don't have it all together. But you know what? If we went out and got this guy and added him to our group, Mm -hmm. I think we could. And I think to me, that's what makes the Odell Beckham signing more interesting is that it just proves that for the first time really in recent memory that I can remember, this is a like a team first Cowboys organization. It's not a team. It's sure it's heavy on defense, but everybody wants the team to succeed. And I think you bring an Odell Beckham and I think that you'll really see that. So, yeah. And I totally agree with that. I think that the players within this locker room understand that this is a business as well. And they're not taking it personal that, you know, OBJ is in the conversation because I feel like a lot of players could it's OBJ. Of course, he's going to be a threat. Of course, that means you're getting reps taken away, but for the greater good of this team, they understand that he's an additive. He adds value. He adds so many things. So I don't think they're taking it as being disrespectful that he's in the conversation. If anything, what it sounds like is they're excited for the potential that he could come in and add to this locker room. With that, I mean, OBJ, we talked about this yesterday. He's a well-respected name, not just in this locker room, across the league. He is a guy that they are opposing defenses are going to prepare for. And not just that, but this additive could just do so much for this offense for Dak even. It can open up the RPO, the run-pass option for Dak. It could open up so so much for this offense because yeah when you're missing the dominant guy that's going to get those 20 yard receptions on a consistent basis that's hurting you and now that the Cowboys I know Jerry talked about it earlier this week have really put uh, their energy and their effort into fixing those third down conversions what a guy to have Mm. I mean when you're having more of those play Mm -hmm. more of those plays more of that play time man it's it's scary. It makes the Cowboys even more of a threat when you're talking playoff contention and December football that's coming up pretty quickly. I think what's interesting to me, too, when I when I look at this wide receivers room is internally some of the knock has been that they want these guys to assert themselves a little bit more. They want a little bit more swag. They want the dogs. And I feel like Noah Brown's that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, and I love this, right? Like, you love to, like, their likability factor is yeah. through the roof. Like, I would love to be colleagues with either one of them. But you do need a little bit of a dog. And I don't know what OBJ's health looks like at 30 with, again, two injuries to that ACL. But I think not dissimilar from having, like, a Jason Peters. And, and this mm-hmm. is, again, depending on yep. what we're talking about, the guaranteed. Mm-hmm. I think he's at a point in his career where he understands the importance of mentorship. You know, he's a new father. The next chapter is going to turn for most receivers. You know, he's not for long, but he's looking for a team that could win it all. Uh, When he and I have joked about it, he loves the the fact there's no state income tax. He's got ties and he's looking to put down roots. And there's a reason why a lot of Dallas Cowboys players stick around Dallas because it is a good place to raise your family. Uh, But I think just having him in the room, showing these guys, and I think that was Amari. Like when I listen, when I talk to Michael Gallup or CeeDee Lamb, they miss his leadership. He was a quiet dog, not a vocal dog, but a very confident dog. And I think having a guy like 
OBJ in the room builds them up, not dissimilar from what we've seen from Jason Peters. And it was such a coup signing in that way. And so, again, I don't know what the numbers are going to look like, but I've gotten the sense, unless it's like Vaughn Miller, because the Buffalo Bills came in and blew the Cowboys out of the water. They truly wanted Vaughn. And it was a very similar dialogue in the locker room, on social media, about the desire to have Vaughn come to Dallas. And look, they've been able to get away with not having him. And I think they're going to be happy they didn't spend that money on Vaughn. But this is the first player in a while, in a while just because of my personal interactions with OBJ real. at Pro Bowl and, and over the years. I love the fact that because I think for a while there was like an unfair narrative about OBJ and his passion yep. and what yep. he was about. He changed that in, in Los Angeles. And if you ask Cooper Cup, Sean McVay, Andrew Whitworth, those guys will tell you how important he is. My only thing is I'm just curious if the L.A. Rams find a way. They always find the money Mm -hmm. to get get him back. back. L.A. is a great market. I know his fiance or wife, you know, she's in the fitness industry, and and it's a great place for her to have her brand. I think that's the only thing that works against the Cowboys. But being a Cowboys player, it's so iconic. This is where you do sell them on the endorsements. Mm -hmm. Uh, And being with Dallas, it's the most intriguing free agent discussion that we've had around Dallas in a long time. And I think it's important too, like when you talk about him coming in and maybe mentoring this the young guys and whatever, I think it's important for this team to kind of turn that tide of they don't touch free agents, they don't go mm-hmm. after the big yeah. name because it's so, you know, with the cap and all of that conversation, like show us something. Like, like this is like if you have the opportunity with how wide open the NFC is, like I think it's important for everyone involved to to see them maybe go out and make this change and show how interested they are in going and win a championship because other teams are doing it. Well, and I think the only pushback that the Cowboys would have, and I get it, right? Because I've had these conversations with with people who are close to this situation. Mm-hmm. The issue that you have is you're going to start talking about Dak's contract Tracking. in yeah. the next year or two years. They're mm-hmm. going to probably want to get ahead of that a little bit earlier than they have in years past. You've got Trayvon Diggs. Mm-hmm. And then if you bring in OBJ and he's got a big guarantee dollar amount, you've got to start figuring out what you do with Tony Pollard. You've got Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. And then you ask yourself about CeeDee Lamb. And if CeeDee, to your point, doesn't find that extra gear, do they feel good with OBJ Michael Gallup, who I think we all agree is going to find that next gear for him. I think he's just coming back from the injury. You like what you've seen from Noah Brown so far. I worry about what that means for a guy like CeeDee Lamb in the conversations. Because somebody, and I said this Mm -hmm. in the media mash, someone will pay CeeDee Lamb. Yeah. Yeah. But I just wonder if the Cowboys will do that. So I wasn't able to catch up with CeeDee Lamb today, but I am kind of curious. We know what he'd probably say on the record, but I am curious what he would say off the record because the job was his this year the number one guy and this is a little bit of an indictment of that that he hasn't stepped into that role which is why they're looking for outside help and I hate it for him because like I said huge fan of CD I also think just the culture that has really been spewing out of this building and the Mike McCarthy culture specifically is really intriguing for a guy like OBJ who is so passionate who is very ready to you know win another ring I, I like I, I can't even imagine. Once you get one, I'm sure you want 10 more after that, right? But I think the talk surrounding what Mike McCarthy has done this season specifically is intriguing to him because you you look at really Dallas on top of it. You add the star, but then you add Mike McCarthy and what he's done. You add even just this defense, how incredible the defense is playing right now. That is a team you want to play for. And again, I think for OBJ 
uh, as far as that, um, he even tweeted, Dallas is intriguing because <laughs> his dad's yeah. side is down there and he's just trying to win wherever he goes. But I also love that banter with Micah on Twitter. Just awesome stuff. But I love that you bring up, you brought up two interesting points there, Jess, that I want to touch on. One of them was he went to a team like the Rams who had an incredible defense with Von Miller and Aaron Donald. And, you know, they had Cooper Cup and they had a run game, but OBJ sort of gave him the So there's a similar... Mm-hmm. There's some similarities here. And also, the Rams have really leveraged and mortgaged their future. The other thing you brought up was Mike McCarthy. And we'll get into it a little bit on the other side of this break uh, as I wrap up this segment. But it's his uh, focus on helping these players sustain their bodies so that they have more Mm -hmm. longevity. And he's become very player-friendly around here. He gave these players a whole week off last week. Didn't want them around the facility. Most teams, when it's a bye week, they practice until Thursday. And again, we'll get into this a little bit. But if you're an aging player who's coming off two injuries, look at what he's done with Jason Peters. Yeah. Take your veteran days. like Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith. Mm-hmm. Take your time. I think that's really appealing for a player that's wanting to continue his time with the team to go somewhere that's going to have some of the cap space, that has a lot of young players who are not necessarily coming up for their next contract, uh, but has a defense, defense wins championships, to have a similar model to what he found in uh, Los Angeles. Like I said, I think the only pushback is the market, but I think a lot of people are seeing the Dallas market as being just as interesting as the L.A. market these days. And yeah. in regard to the Rams and the conversation, of if he was even looking at going to the Rams, I definitely saw that, uh, you know, um, Matthew Stafford is in concussion protocol, and mm. we, we see where their season is right now. So I just think a lot of that's going to play into his decision. But you're right, like, he is – if he did come to the Cowboys, he will be essentially being integrated into an offense that's similar to where the Rams were last year. Mm-hmm. Hey, we need you to come and work that slot and get some, you know, get some things going there because there's not much there. I think that he is in a unique situation where he has the opportunity to come in and actually contribute here. As yeah. opposed to uh, some of those other teams that are kind of top heavy or whatever, he can contribute here immediately. Yep. I did it. sort of laugh. John uh, Mashota tweeted out, there's not a lot of interesting numbers available. Yeah, because <laughs> Which, which yeah. young guy is going to defer to OBJ and yeah. say, here's my number, my bro? Um, <laughs> all right, we're going to take our first break. On the other side of this, uh, I, I want to get into our discussion that we were talking about with Mike McCarthy because today I was able to dig in a little bit just based on some of Aaron Rodgers' comments about Mike, given that they've had about three, four years now uh, removed from each other, but I've, I've always been curious, okay, so what is it about Mike in year three? What stands out? And some of the answers were really interesting. So we'll have that on the other side of the break. This is a Girls Talk Boys Talk brought to you by Jigsaw Dating. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) 
Know the difference, make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With Blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at Blockchain.com. Welcome back to Girls Talk Voice Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. But first, Jess. Well, if you just so happen to meet somebody on Jigsaw and you want something to do, let's talk movie night. Get cozy and join us at the Star for our most favorite and festive movie night yet. Movie nights are at the Star, presented by Monument Realty on November 30th and features a Christmas classic, Elf. Who doesn't love Elf? I love The show movie. is My free God, and too. open to the public and begins at 7 p.m. So for more info... Uh, all of y'all sound interested. You can go to starinfrisco.com. Actually, let's uh, have a girl's date and go I see you. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Elf's a classic. Y'all want to see me with some, what is it? Uh, Hope you find your home. <laughs> can we all wear like the Christmas onesies and, right, and yeah. go too far. out for this? <laughs> too far. He's like, that's a lot down. of girl bonding for me. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, we have got some injury updates, Haley. Yeah, so I'll start with the Cowboys first. Nothing super unexpected. Anthony Barr did not practice with a hamstring in injury I was going to say energy but uh, Noah Brown was limited with that foot injury he's been battling Ezekiel Elliott was also limited with a knee and Donovan Wilson had a tooth injury which I'm interested to talk to uh, McCarthy about just to figure out what that's about Um, and then looking on the other side Aisha I know you mentioned this yesterday when it comes to the Packers y'all the injury list is substantial Mm -hmm. they have one two three four five six seven eight nine ten players on their practice injury report that did not practice. I'm not even going to get into all of the names because there's so many of them. I'll put them on Twitter. But uh, a banged-up Packers roster, to say the least. And the biggest one, Rashawn Gary, I think is going to deeply affect what they do. Um, And uh, David Bakhtiari is another one. Uh, So we'll see what's up with him. What was his status today? Did not practice. Rashawn Gary also did not practice. The only couple of players on here who were limited, uh, Mason Crosby was limited with a back injury. Uh, Rasul Douglas was limited with a calf. Uh, Aaron Jones had ankle injury, which we touched on a little bit yesterday. His status still up in the air. He was limited today. Mm -hmm. Alan Lazard was limited with a shoulder. Uh, Preston Smith limited. Uh, and John Runyon, also limited. And then there's just Aaron Rodgers. Like, if you really want to make a campaign for MVP, this is here to do it, uh, A-Rod. And, and when you juxtapose that about what the Cowboys are doing, I mean, we'll see what happens with Ezekiel Elliott. And again, deep teasing that. That'll be after our next break, because I've, I've got questions, ladies. Um, but they are getting back their safety. And Malik Hooker, Sam Williams, who had the two-sat game here recently. So yeah. I think that's big. Um, but leave it to Jerry Jones, the front office, to bury the lead this week. Because, look, the story is Dallas is 6-2. and two. Raise your hand if when you looked at this game coming off the bye week that you would be talking about a 6-2 and two Dallas team facing off against a, wait for it, a 3-6 and six Packers team mm. that are spiraling after a five-game losing streak. First, it was 
I mean, to me, it was, and don't get me wrong, I think Heineke's a pretty good quarterback uh, right. for the Commanders. The loss to them, but then the loss to the, the Lions. Uh, and then you've just kind of heard Aaron Rodgers. I love how transparent he is on the Pat McAfee show. Shout out to those guys. Um, but he just seems frustrated. Mm-hmm. He seems, and I, you know, he brought up something, and I wasn't going to go here. On, I shall get you to weigh in on this. You know, he brought up those comments uh, earlier this season about, you know, all this pre-snap motion and just throw the ball, just run the ball. And I actually had an interesting conversation with somebody around here about that, that the Cowboys have sort of started moving away from some of that pre-snap motion stuff, too, because if you got a good offensive line that's blocking for you up front, just throw the damn ball, run the damn ball. It's football is really simple, but you've got a lot of these like wonder kids out there. And I'm talking not just Kellen Moore, we're talking Sean McVay and whatever, but these teams are getting to figure it out. So I thought that was a really interesting discussion that I had as it relates to the Cowboys sort of simplifying it and Aaron Rodgers literally telling Matt LaFleur, simplify the offense, particularly when we don't have some of these weapons. Mm-hmm. You do the pre-snap motion so you can sort of see what the defense is going to show you. But they're saying, look, impose your own will. So I I thought that was an interesting side note. Uh, But what was more interesting to me was we heard all about, and trust me, I've got a lot of people when you're at Combine, they start running their mouths about, you know, what it was like when Mike McCarthy was um, in Green Bay and the relationship with Aaron Rodgers. And even when Mike came here, he said prior to the CBA, he got a lot of time with Aaron Rodgers. You know, you would be able to sit around and watch film with them and how he wishes he could do that with Dak and how that that helped them. But it did feel like there was a bit of a falling out. And I think that typically happens when you've been around somebody for a long time. The message gets lost. Uh, but listening to Aaron Rodgers talk this weekend, unfortunately, we weren't able to clear the audio from the Pat McAfee show. He talked about wanting to give Mike a hug. They won a Super Bowl together. Hmm. He was excited to see him. And I have noticed even just around here and, and Jazz we do have the sound from some of the players talking about Mike, correct? Thank you, my lady. Uh, I, I asked the players, because I was genuinely curious. First year, uh, things did not go well for Mike McCarthy. And a lot of that I was told had to do with the fact that it was, you know, COVID, everything was virtual. And I think what Mike does really, really well is the one-on-one stuff. You know, and yeah. it was it was Aaron Rodgers who also in this one article said, they would get into these disagreements, raise their voices, and at the end, hug it out and say, I love you. I love you. you. <laughs> uh, and it, I'm going to tell a story, and Mike may not like this if I tell the story, but there was a there was a former coach who told me that uh, he would sometimes get emotional with them. And I'm like, oh, that's a fellow Scorpio. Hi, Mike. I see you. <laughs> uh, but there is this very vulnerable side to Mike, loves his family, gets very worked up about it. Uh, But I think he's beginning to show that really endearing side to the players. So I caught up with them, and here's what a couple of them had to say about their head coach in year three. Just his his dedication to the players. uh, His whole schedule was just around, you know, keeping us fresh and uh, and having us uh, ready to go uh, once playoffs come around. And and I would say, uh, you know, he's taking – when we we have a leadership group and and he he, 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 – we can give him some – we can give him some uh, feedback. some feedback, and you know he takes he he takes the uh, constructive criticism. How many bosses have you guys ever worked for that take constructive criticism um, from well. you as an employee? <laughs> well, yeah, that was a confusing. At first, I was like, "Oh, I've several," but then I realized the way you said it was the your boss getting criticism for mm-hmm. you, and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know that I've ever. Yeah, that. so I thought I <laughs> thought not, that was yeah. really really interesting. I, I had somebody in the in the building 
sort of talk about Mike McCarthy versus some of the coaches in the past. And it was, you know, and I won't name who the coach was, but the coach would ask for your feedback, but not really want your feedback. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas I have, we've listened to, I mean, this is Dan Quinn. We've listened to Mike McCarthy. We've listened to players. It feels very collaborative around here. Like if we don't like something in the playbook, you know, I think it was Dan Quinn who once said this, then we'll throw it out. Uh, so I thought that was very, very interesting. The other thing that stood out to me, and and I was, I had my suspicions about it. And this week, the guys are sort of uh, lending some credence to it. It's all about protecting your body. I mean, these guys have they only have so long in the league. They only have so much time to make their money. A lot of these guys want to get to that second contract, and it sounds like he does such a, a good job of making sure that it's not forcing you on the field to win games. It's let's make sure we play the long game. We heard Zeke talk about that. And again, I'm teasing deep ahead of that. Uh, talking about the long game, I just, as much as I feel like Mike was misunderstood in his first and second year, we begin to see those guys parrot him, rally around him. Even last week, the fact that he gave all these players an entire week out, and I won't say who the player was, but the player went out of the country, on vacation. That's unheard of during a bye week. But as the player described it to me, he trusts us to be adults. Mm -hmm. He trusts us, you know, we're grown, amen. Treat us like such. And I don't know about you guys, but I've, at the NFL Network, is one of the first places I've been where I have bosses that treat me that way, and I want to run through a wall for them. So I just thought that was interesting, some of the insight from some of the players this week as it related to Mike McCarthy going back to Green Bay when there was so much discussion about how he wasn't that involved, he was difficult to get along with. I don't know if the old dog has learned some new tricks. You know, it's uh, but it seems to be working. Is Matt Lafleur talked about Mike McCarthy in his press conference for a little bit today, and he said, "Yeah, you know, we we've talked here and there, but I want to get a beer with the guy." And and he talked about how everybody that talks about Mike McCarthy in Green Bay, which is actually surprising considering all the things you heard back then, has so much respect for him and things that. They, they talk about when it comes to Mike McCarthy as far as how good of a guy he is, what he does for others, what he does for players, how he helps other coaches. I mean, he talked very highly of Mike McCarthy, even saying, you know, how can you not respect a guy that has legacy like that in this city? And he said, the guys want a Super Bowl. He has a street named after him. I mean, he has so many things in this city. So for him, for Matt LaFleur to be a coach, you know, within that same realm, he said it was even just an honor for him to be in the same conversation as somebody like Mike McCarthy. You take me back to his intro press conference when he felt so out of sorts. He looked awkward. He didn't (laughs) look like he quite fit in uh, with the group. But it was, uh, I don't know if it was Steven or Jerry that talked about the way they bonded over dinner. And admittedly, Mike and I got off to a bad start. That's when I came out with a report about the defensive players not being a fan. And I questioned a little bit of the... uh, hiring your best guy friend who, and I'm talking about Mike Nolan, not being the best guy necessarily for the job, but he did you a solid. So you hired him as a solid and he sort of took exception with where my sourcing was coming from, whatever we were able to talk it out. And there was, there was a minute there where I didn't think Mike and I, during his duration here, we're going to be able to get along, but we've been able to talk it out, figure it out. And we were at a Kenny Chesney concert uh, this summer and I took my mom and dad there and my dad was like, dad gone wild. And I said, don't go up to Dak, don't go up to Mike, don't take pictures, act like you've been there. And of course, my dad does that. My dad's like, <laughs> I'll make you drinks, Mike McCarthy. And he's like behind the bar, like making everything. Mike couldn't have been more down to earth. My parents walked away with the best 
experience with mm. Mike. And it was in that moment that I saw the Mike that I hadn't seen as a reporter, especially, like I said, the first and second year were kind of squirrely with these COVID restrictions about how he was endearing himself to these players. And I thought that was interesting. No, his, go ahead, Haley. Yeah, no, I was just going to say I'm, I'm taking a book from Patrick Walker's or taking a page from Patrick Walker's book. And his big thing is science and facts, right? Like facts don't care about your feelings. Facts are facts. And I think the facts are that Mike McCarthy has proven who he is. He doesn't need to walk into a room and ask you to like him because facts are facts. You see his resume. We don't need to spew out his record and go through all the things he's accomplished. He's done that. That's why he's a head coach and he's one of the longest tenured head coaches. So I think when you factor that in, sure, there's an adjustment period. There was a weird transition with Jason Garrett leaving and then a new guy coming in. There's always going to be weird, sometimes bad blood. It's, it's new. People don't like change, and the Cowboys take no exception to that. But I think the fact that he's been able to accomplish the relationships – you know, you talk about it personally. Um, he's been, you know, really polite to me, and I've only been here for a couple months. To you guys, he loves yeah, Congo. Um, yeah, he does. You he know. has two Frenchies. Yeah. in case you were wondering. Yeah, he, has two like, French bulldogs. he pulled me aside. We were at a Giants <laughs> game, and his oldest daughter was there, who is, by the way, absolutely stunning. And he said, "Hey, Jane, I want you to meet my daughter." Aww. And given where we started three years ago to that, again, it went back to the. You can have your disagreements, but he's the type of guy you can talk to. And not all coaches are like that mm-hmm. in the league. A not- lot of people take things very personally. Yeah. It's an affront to what they're about. And so I love that that's been your insight about Mike in just your short time here. Yeah, I just think it's just he – I'm not questioning his coaching experience, you know, because coming into this, what I know of Mike McCarthy is that he's a winner. So I don't need to dig into, you know – why don't people like him? Why this? Why that? All I know of him is that, you know, prior to working here, said he's a winner. And so I just think it's really special that he has been able to build those relationships in a short amount of time. We're talking mm-hmm. two years and, you know, that I guess three, but that first year it was COVID. So it was impossible to build relationships. And so now the fact that you've got players like J. Ron Curse, like Zeke, like all of these guys who are saying like, that's our dog, you know, like, yeah, he can come to the cookout. Like, you know what I mean? Like they just, they want to go to war for him. I think every year he set the precedent. I love what he said today about dropping little fun facts with the players. And it just, it's just another way to show like he's going out of his way mm-hmm. To make sure that they feel seen, they feel heard, they feel protected, and they feel confident that they can trust him to lead this organization. Haley, he went to Dak Prescott. (laughs) Boom. Take that. He went to Dak Prescott in this draft and said, call up these wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Talk to Jalen Tolbert. Mm -hmm. That is, I think, because remember the big knock Aaron Rodgers kind of felt like he was out of the, Mm. the draft process and having a say. And there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league that feel like, you know, this is my team. And there's two schools of thought on that. Mm But the fact that, and I had asked Dak this, has that ever happened to you before? And he said, no. But I think that's a big deal to entrust your guys and say, hey, it's not I'm not taking you to basketball games. And I think that's, look, I think that's what was, and I heard it from a lot of players, how divisive that was when Jason would go with Cole or DeMarco or Tony or Witten, and you're sending the message that, Mike doesn't do that. I don't see Mike going to the Stars games with the players. And and I had a coach uh, for another team tell me it's the wrong thing to do because it sends the wrong message. And I think Mike gets that. Um, he allows his players to sort of lead by example. Let Micah invite these guys. And so I think he's, long story short, I think he's built a very interesting culture here. I think he's rewrote a narrative about him as he was mm-hmm. leaving Green Bay. I don't know how long he's going to stay here. What I do know about him, it seems that he really values his family. Um, And so I could see him at some point saying, you know what, 
I've accomplished plenty, but what's more important to me is he's just really stood out to me as a guy that puts his family first. And I think that's interesting in the game of football, but also you've already got, what do you, to your point, what do you have to prove? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got a Lombardi and you've lost so many players the last couple of years. And now we're looking at, it was a winning record last season and you're looking at being above 500 right now. No, I, I just wanted to input on just the conversation of Mike McCarthy and kind of what he's done here culturally. I remember saying to Jess last week during the bye, like, when was the last time the Cowboys had a bye and you weren't holding your breath mm-hmm. that someone was going to get in trouble or something? And yeah, that's I a think, great point. I think, yeah. he, I think it trickles, trickles down from even looking at the attendance from rookie minicamp, OTAs. The attendance has been 100% almost since he's been here. I think all of that has to do with that. Even him righting the wrong with firing Mike Nolan after making, you know, seeing that he was wrong there, getting Dan Quinn in here before the draft, mm-hmm. so yeah. Dan Quinn could have an like could implement mm-hmm. what he wanted defensively. I think that is a big part of you know the step forward is a man saying like or just a human in general saying I was wrong here. Let me fix this. And so to me, that's when things start to turn the tide. I This offseason, I really started to understand him completely, um, the install, how serious he was about the install. Everything has reason mm-hmm. with him. And people ask questions, what does he do? What does he do? He keeps these players mentally and emotionally. They're very aware. Physically. Yeah. Physically, they're very aware. And when you're talking about the NFL now, right? Uh, these players are younger coming in. Like, we, I think sometimes we forget that these are 22, 23-year-olds, some of these guys. And you even heard Joe Witt Jr. last week talk about in the assistance uh, interviews, like he's even learning. And he's taking he's taking a, um, a page out of Mike McCarthy's book on how to talk to these players and approach them. Because just think about it. Just because they're football players doesn't mean they're not human. Think about every 22, 21-year-old you know. Yeah. And imagine how to gauge how to gauge how to mentally and emotionally relate the, to them and understand them and I think you're seeing this shift in coaching I think is important for this game and what how if we're going to be aware of mental health physical health and bettering players and concussion all this stuff or whatever you have to have coaches that actually give a damn Mm-hmm. J. Ron Kirst told me a couple weeks ago in Cowboys Hour, just, you know, I said, how, how special is it to have a coach like Mike McCarthy and just spewed mm. nothing yeah. but compliments about, you know, he's an easy guy to play for. You know, he makes you want to win. He makes you feel like you're taken care of. He makes you feel like a person, which is what I talked about yesterday. It's so important to remind these Cowboys fans and remind the NFL fans that, they're all people first. Yeah. You know and what I mean? to Mike's <laughs> point, they're grown men. Yeah. You know, it's not college, you know, um, and you don't have to yell at somebody. Like I always would tell my sister, and my sister and I get into some famous debates, the loudest person in the room doesn't get heard. And you see some yeah. of these coaches that are the, – their way of, of getting uh, their point across is to yell at you and shame you. And it's just – I. It's been interesting as we've gotten more access with COVID because we didn't really get yeah. that. And, and Mike, unfortunately, wasn't getting the benefit of the doubt. But he did something with us that I hadn't been a part of. Um, he would do it with the beat writers, but he opened it up to those of us national, Ed and I, um, at ESPN and NFL Network, where we had this entire off-the-record sit-down. And we he do it every have, Friday. Yeah, but yeah. he couldn't have been more transparent and vulnerable and allowed us to sort of bury the hatchet and sort of turn the page. And there are coaches – I mean – that report led to one of his best friends losing his job. He could have held the grudge, and he he didn't respect how I sourced it. I respect how he felt about that, but we were able to have a very raw and honest conversation. And so I thought if he can do that with a media member, he's doing that even more so 
within his own organization of players. So, yeah, I just think it's interesting. And even if you look at the way that the media covers him this year and the way he interacts with them, yeah. he's settled in. Mm-hmm. Oh, for I sure. I think even just him change like I should I, I had wrote down here he changes the status quo of the conversation of mental health and players mental health being a priority to him because a lot of people unfortunately we live in this world where it's so stigmatized and you have this mentality of oh just deal with it especially when it comes to sports and Mike McCarthy would never put a player in a position to just deal with it even if it's not a physical injury you can see I mean you've seen that with Gallup. Michael mm-hmm. Gallup and how many how many coaches would honestly have that conversation and say okay you can sit this week instead you know of what they would do there's coaches who leak to the media yep. that this player is soft or there's like I to see make it them play. right so right. it's it is an interesting dynamic I enjoyed this conversation pivot because I think it was there were some interesting points it was almost like justice for Mike for a while and I felt a little responsible for it that in year one um but on the other side I was teasing the fact that Ezekiel Elliott Jerry Jones told us that he was playing uh, on Sunday but after our conversation I don't know I've got questions uh so this is girls talk boys talk brought to you by Jigsaw Dating the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys we'll have that on the other side of the break At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation. So you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today. Dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Pepsi-loving football fans, it's time we had a lesson in trash talk. And I'm not talking about that stuff that happens on the field. What I'm talking about is trash, and it's the only thing that belongs in your garbage can. Now, recycling might not be as thrilling as converting a fourth and long, but next time you're thinking about throwing that Pepsi Zero Sugar bottle away, just cap it back up and pretend you're down by six with the recycling bin wide open. (sighs) Know the difference? Make a difference. Be a team player and recycle. Visit PepsiTrashTalk.com to learn more. It's Smoothie King's original angel food and new angel food slim without added sugar. You no longer have to choose between treating yourself and hitting your goals this summer. You don't have to choose between great taste and feeling great. Because at Smoothie King, every blend is made with whole fruits and no syrups. So you can satisfy your cravings without compromise. The only choice you will need to make is which one is best for you. Try our classic angel food or the new angel food slim, blended without added sugar. Smoothie King, rule the day. Back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, brought to you by Jigsaw Dating, the official dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. I've got about five minutes to breathe through uh, this segment, and I'm sure it's very important to a lot of Cowboys fans. I don't know if Zeke's playing on Sunday, y'all. Um, here's why. Normally, he's pretty bullish, like, I'm going to play. Uh, when he walked off from the media scrum, it was me and Clarence Hill Jr., and he said, the plan is to go. I said, what did you do during the bye week? He said he worked on the underwater treadmill. He was working with the ice. He even told us in the scrum, if I play, which I thought was interesting, uh, it'll be with a smaller brace. Uh, But he kept mentioning the long game. And even though he got some practice in this week, I said, well, you know, you had said you don't necessarily need practice in order to play. He's like, well, the staff wants to see me do a couple of things. I thought that was interesting. More importantly, the uh, run defense that they're facing this week. It ain't good. 
It's porous. Yeah. You can say it. You say what you yeah, it, I mean, it's not good. It's it's <laughs> bottom of the barrel. What is it? Twenty six. The run defense for the Vikings is stout. We're talking tenth in the league. So. You were able to get the job done with Tony Pollard against the Bears and their porous run D. I don't think it's a terrible idea to give Zeke three weeks to totally heal up. And then as I made the argument uh, ahead of the bye, it's a Tony Pollard contract year. Tony Pollard told me after that game that more reps for running backs are a big deal because it gets you in a rhythm. You get going. This allows the front office to see what they're getting from him. And this also allows you the opportunity to have the one-two punch of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard down the stretch. Your thoughts. Do you want Zeke playing in this one? Uh, whatever's best for him. <laughs> I mean, I think, like we just talked about, I think schematically you could get o- get away with it. Again, just like with Detroit or whatever the case may be, or the Bears, rather, you could get away with it. Um, is he going to want to sit that long? Because, I, I mean, it's too it, – if you're going against another not-so-good Russian defense and TP goes off again – the ridiculous amount of just conversation and whatever happened. So it's just, for me, I think they can get away with it, and I just want him to take care of his body. If it's something that's bothering him right now, you're going to need him later. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think where my concern comes from is, you know, December 24th is approaching really, really quickly for this team, and I really, really believe that this is a Cowboys team that can win out as they approach that game. Do you want Zeke in your lineup every time, right? I think the value that he brings to this franchise is immeasurable. Are you facing a run defense that you could do without Zeke another week? Absolutely. Especially with Noah Brown yep. coming back. Well, and Rashawn Gary being out is yeah. huge because he's one of the best edges against the run. Um, and then when you – obviously the conversation comes up with Zeke like, okay, well, he's not there for pass pro. You 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 may need with less of that. Team, not with, with this team, you're also getting might some help from it. your tight ends. Finally, you're yeah. definitely getting some help from your. But that's I always think, the argument of him not being on the field. Right. It's like I, pass pro, pass yeah. pro. You may not need it with what's going on over there right now. I think you sit him, and I'm going to be the one to say it. You sit him. He doesn't need to play this week. Sit Zeke. If if you don't believe me, go watch the Lions game against Green Bay because I wrote this down. First things, first take said that the Lions were on track to give up more points than any team in the history of the NFL before this game, okay? So statistically, this means the Lions defense were possibly the worst in the history of the NFL and Aaron Rodgers couldn't find a way to score. So you do not need to play Zeke this week. Period. I, I think mean, if you get away with not playing Dak you don't for six to. weeks, you can get away you with that. You can figure out Especially when it's tag resiliency. And, it's, and I think what we're saying here yes, is it's, it's not being disrespectful to Zeke, but I felt no. Bobby Belt, my producer uh, for NFL Network, also won a 5 through the fan. Shout out. Mm-hmm. He found a fun little nugget ahead of pregame last week that the Cowboys were 5-0 and in games without Zeke. They are now 6-0 and in games without Zeke. And again, that's not a shade. That's not saying Zeke shouldn't be on the field. But the point is, against their opponent this week, they can get away with it. Yep. And I feel like this team is doing a better job of saying, how can we look at at the long game? And also, if Zeke was struggling last year, and it you know he it showed at times, you know when he got injured in week four, then re-injured it, and it really limited his explosiveness. Give him those three weeks to get healed, because I do think that that uh, game against Minnesota is going to be. It's going to be a good one. Well, also, I would rather have a healthy Zeke against the Eagles who have a very easy schedule as compared to 
the Packers, who have a losing schedule already, uh, or a losing record, and then a very hard schedule ahead of them. So the likelihood of the Packers winning out is very low. The likelihood of the Eagles winning out, very high. So Well, and you might find yourself battling with Minnesota for a spot at some point, and if you're both 7-2 and heading into this game. So, yeah, I... And I think we're all circling that Thanksgiving game rematch oh, with the Eagles. Well, wait, the Christmas Day. I'm Christmas Day. Yeah. Is it get Christmas Day? My I bad. Christmas Day. Yeah. That's a game that everyone's. That's, that's the game that's everyone's circling, and that's when you want Zeke to be at his best. That's what I would rather have Zeke for a very merry Christmas as compared <laughs> to a Sunday where they could easily win this game with or without him. All right. Well, it doesn't sound like we have time for pass interference, so save it for tomorrow for me, Jess. Um, But enjoyed the discussion with you ladies. This is going to be a fun game this weekend, and uh, we will see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?